0: Hey, Sickos. I'm just uh, recording a quick intro before I start reading (laughs) Um, my first year Sick Friend column. Um, Basically, I just wanted to say hi. This is my first uh, little podcast that I'm putting out into the world. Um, I had thought that I wanted to wait um, to release audio content until... I had kind of more of like a slick setup and uh, funding and, you know, could feel like a little more professional or something. Um, But that's not the spirit of this project. Ultimately, uh, I want to be pretty real about my day-to-day life. And right now, my day-to-day life looks like recording this at nearly midnight in my bed um, on my phone and that's good enough. I'm sick. I don't have a disposable income. <laughs> I can't buy a fancy microphone. Um, and I don't want to wait until some future when maybe I can Um, So here it is. Apologies for uh, little mistakes here and there and background noise. You'll probably hear my cat cowgirl make some... Uh, appearances in future recordings. Um, And I hope that that just adds a little bit of, you know, uh, I don't know, spice (laughs) to my offerings. Um, And maybe like, helps you feel more legit or something about whatever project you're working on. And we don't have to be perfect. We... We're just uh, just people. So anyways, um, yeah, I've decided that kind of the way that I want to start this whole Sickos project, um, particularly the uh, podcast portion, is to go back through my, uh, I guess, two years now worth of monthly columns that I've been writing for my small town newspaper, the Montague reporter. Um, I started writing this in winter of 2022 and I've continued every month since then. And it's been a really amazing process for me. It's been a place for me to kind of, uh, I don't know, like, do the opposite of like doom posting or like screaming into the void. <laughs> um, it just felt like a productive space for me to share kind of what I've been going through as a medically vulnerable person in this horribly managed pandemic. Um, and then also to kind of like reflect on, you know, the state of American policy and the healthcare system and then also just like my personal life and um I don't share my my personal life because I think I'm like you know hot shit or whatever I just I want to connect to people and I you know the whole point of this column the whole reason I named it your sick friend was because I I wanted to humanize the sort of figure of the disabled, the immunocompromised, um, we often just get sort of like thrown into articles, lumped in together with each other without any real like, um, without any detail or or yeah, human <laughs> human touch. Um, I think yeah, it felt important to me to be like hey we are not uh cryptids we don't like all live in one like safe walled off territory or something um where we can you know choose to be free of risk um but in fact we live in the community we are your friends we're your family um we might even be you <laughs> so many people are uh, medically vulnerable who don't even know they are because so many people in america can't even you know afford healthcare. um so how would they know um so yeah i i, I don't know it, it sometimes has felt like a little cringy or something to talk about myself um in these columns but i just want to again kind of like explain why um I've done that and you know I might reflect as we go and kind of be like oh man maybe I would not write this the same way um now but I'm interested in kind of that process as like a writer and um person kind of putting myself out there in the world um and reflecting on yeah growth and um kind of like changing strategy um because I do also see this as sort of a political project um and part of I don't know a sort of left attempt at reinvigorating some kind of of pandemic response um it's not going to come from the government. I'm I don't really have any hope of that necessarily, but I really do believe in the power of mutual aid and I believe that there is a lot that our communities can be doing to protect each other. Um and not enough people are engaging with those practices. Um so I've decided that I am willing to be a thorn in the side of, <laughs> of people I love and my comrades because I believe that we can do better, and we all deserve that. So, anyway, enough with the preamble. Um, I'm just going to start reading from Volume 1, Your Sick Friend. Enjoy. Hello, dear readers, and welcome to my new monthly column, Your Sick Friend. Who is this sick friend, you ask? My name is Casey Waite. I've lived in Turner's Falls for four years, and I have been many people's sick friend for basically my whole life. I was born with a rare genetic disorder called hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, HEDS, a condition that affects the way my body makes connective tissue. Because the entire body is made up of connective tissue, this issue impacts many aspects of my bodily functioning. It took me nearly 30 years to get a diagnosis that explained the many debilitating symptoms I've experienced since childhood. I was finally diagnosed this past October after an exhausting year of seeing 12 specialists, getting many invasive procedures and tests and doing a huge amount of research and self-advocacy. There is no cure for HEDS and very few reliable treatment options. I live with a lot of pain and worsening mobility. At 30 years old, I need a cane or a walker to get around in the world. I wear braces around my shoulders, hips, and wrists to stop my joints from sliding out of place. I have a personal care attendant who helps me cook, dress, bathe, and I take nearly 20 pills a day to function at all. I'm entirely financially supported by my partner and our housemate as I had to stop working last year. I'm an artist who can no longer draw because of the pain in my hands. I spend most of my days in bed, often dealing with more than one symptom. And I have a wonderful life, not despite all of this, but amongst it and because of it. Becoming gradually more disabled over the course of my teens and 20s led me to my political home in disability justice. As Wikipedia explains it, quote, disability justice is a framework that examines disability and ableism as it relates to other forms of oppression and identity, race, class, gender, sexuality, citizenship, incarceration, size, etc. Disability justice also acknowledges that ableism helps make racism, Christian supremacy, sexism, and queer and transphobia possible, and that all those systems of oppression are intertwined. Embracing my ever-evolving disabled, non-binary queer identity has been more empowering and healing than any of the odd treatments that that I've tried or had suggested to me. (laughs) Pardon my cat. Ever heard of a coffee enema? No, thank you. Through online disability communities, I've met my best friends, People who keep me alive and who I've helped keep alive, too. My disabled friends and I swap medical horror stories, help each other prepare for doctor's appointments, coordinate care for friends in crisis, even ones who live halfway across the world, share money from our very small fixed incomes to keep friends housed, and celebrate birthdays, engagements, and long-fought-for diagnoses. Friends of mine have a fabulous health justice podcast called Death Panel, and the sign off for every show has become something of a mantra for our community. Medicare for all now, solidarity forever, stay alive another week. These words have never meant more to me than they have in the past three years. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to hit my community hard. Being disabled and loving disabled people is very scary in a pandemic and it would be under any circumstances. But in the United States, where healthcare is a for-profit industry and where anyone who is not healthy, white, straight, cisgendered, male, and wealthy is essentially disposable, staying alive another week is not a given. Over the course of the pandemic, many hospitals, local ones included, have been overcapacity. This often leads to medical triage, choosing to treat patients thought to have the highest likelihood of survival. If I walk into an ER with severe COVID-19, I fear being, fear being marked as not worth treating, simply because I use a walker. I decided to write this column after a friend said, The only time you hear pundits, government officials, and politicians talk about disabled people anymore is when they're assuring everyone else that it's only the already sick people who are dying. And she's right. Rochelle Walensky, head of the CDC, actually used the word encouraging to describe COVID deaths occurring mostly among vaccinated people with pre-existing conditions. On February 5th, the New York Times buried a front page headline that said, 900,000 dead, but many Americans move on, under Olympics news and a story about how well the economy is doing despite Omicron. I'm writing this column because I am not moving on. My friends are dying, becoming more disabled, and living in fear for their lives every day this pandemic rages on. I'm writing this column so that every time you, dear reader, see a headline or hear a talking head invoke the meaninglessness of disabled death, you can think of me, your sick friend, not some abstract, silent sacrifice to the economy and the new normal, but a human being with a full life and people who love me. I'm writing this column so that people can hear directly from someone with several pre-existing conditions and know that my life and the lives of others like me matter and are worthy of protection. A tenant of disability justice is the phrase, nothing about us without us. So here I am, a sick person here to talk about sickness. Navigating the health system, changing abilities and finding creative ways to connect to the world when you have to stay home or in bed all day is pretty much my specialty. This column will be a monthly check-in where I give a window into what it's like to be disabled, get medical care, and have a social life against the backdrop of COVID-19. I'll also share wisdom I've gained from my sick and disabled friends that could help us all get out of this crisis alive. Until next time, your sick friend. Thank you for listening to this first installment of Your Sick Friend, part of the Sickos podcast. And I want to end by saying solidarity with the people of Palestine. Solidarity forever. Sickos of the world unite. God god weeks after weeks after one of